Uh, let's take our Bibles to First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. And we have been looking at what does God give us when we received Christ as our Savior. That is the new teaching we started last week. So I wanted to look at First John chapter 5 again. Uh, and I'm going to read from verses 10 uh, to 13. First John chapter 5, verses 10 to 13. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. And he, he, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And here is verse 11. What is the record? Now, we want to look at, the Bible tells us in verse 10 that, you know, he that, he that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Now, when you remember the story when Jesus Christ was baptized, the Bible says, the spirit like the dove descended upon him and the voice came out from heaven saying, this is what? My beloved son, that is the record. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So, people who rejected the record that God gave of his son now, look at verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Now, we have the record, okay? For example, if you want to purchase a land, one thing that you will love to have. Is the record of the land because there may be in the future disputation about it. So God is telling us that there is a record that God has set in heaven before the foundation of the world that anyone that believes the Lord Jesus Christ will have what eternal life. So God can never tamper with the record because the record is for us to understand that God keeps his promise. Now the Bible tells us that and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in his son. Now look at verse 12. The Bible tells us that he that hath the son hath what? Life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So we can understand that God is telling us that now. I want to show you how you can know or how you can have this record. Now, if you believe, if you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have life. And if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is no life for you. Look at verse 13. These things have I written unto you that what? That believe. Now, he wasn't talking to unbelievers. He said, these things have I written unto you that what? That believe. So, the record that God is talking about is for us who believe in Jesus Christ to understand that God keeps his word. Amen? The record is for us. That God is not just playing. God is not just gambling with your life. God is not just gambling with your eternity. You know, how would you feel like when you stand before God and you want to enter heaven and God said, who are you? How would you feel? And you stand before the judge of the universe and you've already trusted Jesus Christ as your savior and you stand before him and God said to you, hey, I never knew you. The one thing that will come to your mind is, God, you said in your word, Okay, that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But I believe on you. I believe 
in your son. And you said that is the record. And you said you gave me eternal life. But God of the universe, he can never lie. He said one thing that we never do is for him to what? To lie. So he promised us eternal life before the world began. So that when you stand before him in heaven, you will not say, I believe, when you do not believe. Right? And a lot of people will be shocked. Because just because you go to church does not mean you believe. No, just because you perform religious activity does not mean you believe. No, just because you never lied in your life does not mean that you believe. So that is why so many people, they have been deceived today because they think that they can replace the work of Christ with the work of self. No, we think, oh, we can do something. To bribe our way to heaven. No, it doesn't work that way. So the Bible says, and this is the record. Either, I mean, verse 13. This is, have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Who is it written to? Those that believe. That ye may know that ye have what? Eternal life. That is the assurance of their salvation. Say, I'm writing this unto you so that you will know. It's not like in, in our Yoruba culture, they will tell you something like the who, who, who told you that? Who is telling you Menitola? Right here on earth, the Bible tells us that these things have I written unto you that believe. So that you will know that you have what? Everlasting life, eternal life. So God is writing unto us that believe in Jesus Christ that we can know that we have what? Eternal life. Amen. That is the promise of God. That is what God has said unto us that we can know that we have eternal life. So we need to understand this truth from the Bible. Amen? So eternal life is what God gives when we believe Jesus Christ. Number one, we said we are new what? Creature with divine what? Nature. We are new Creature which define what? Nature. The Bible tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible tells us that if any man be in what? In Christ. He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. Now, I love the Bible and I want you to cherish the Bible too. Because the Bible tells us that if any man... It, listen... It doesn't say if you are a Muslim, you can't believe in Jesus Christ. It doesn't say if you are a traditionalist, you can't believe in Jesus Christ. It doesn't say if you are, if you are a Sango worshiper, you can't believe in Jesus Christ. It doesn't say if you sacrifice animals, you can't say if any man. Now, the point is, a man has to realize that he needs Christ. Say, so if any man. Now, if I come to you and say, Brother Pius, you are sick, let's go to the hospital, what would you tell me? You tell me, Pastor, I'm not sick. I mean, do I look like a sick man? But when I come to you and you are shivering like this, and you are lying on the, on the chair, and I say, Brother, please, let's go to the hospital. What would you tell me? He will follow me. That is what the Bible says. It says, if, the conditional phrase, say, if any man, that means, if you understand that you need a Savior, if you under, God is willing that, and every one of us should go to him. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but that all men should come to repentance. But man must be willing. God is not going to twist your hand. God is not going to force your hand. God is not going to, I mean, make you believe. It's a free will that God has given to us that we must be willing to exercise. So, we are near creature. It does not mean that you will be incapable of committing sins, but you have been, you have 
being particular of defined nature of God, God sees you differently than you used to be. The penalty of sin has been paid for, and God now look at you as a different man. You are not the whole self, but you are a new man. The Bible tells us again, the number one thing, what do we have when we receive Jesus Christ, our Savior? Number one, we are a new creature with defined nature. Number two, we become sons of God. Amen? Amen. We become what? Sons of God. Sons and daughters of God. Now, the Bible tells us that he came unto his own, John chapter 1, verse 12. John chapter 1, verses 11 to 13. Take your Bibles and let's see what the Bible says. We are just looking and checking what the Bible says. We have done this last week. We are just reviewing uh, what has been said already. John chapter 1, verse, verses 11 to 13. The Bible says, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. Okay? So, the Bible says, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. Look at verse 12. But as many as what? As received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that what? That believe on His name. Now, look at verse 13. Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but what? But of God. So, you can understand that the work of new birth is not what you achieve on your own. The work of a new birth is what Christ did for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying that the work of a new birth... It's not what we can achieve on our own that, oh, because my daddy is a pastor, or because my mommy is a Sunday school teacher, because I'm doing this, I sing in the choir. Now, it is not any of those. That is what the Bible says, not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. So it is God that wrought salvation from the beginning to the end. So that any of us will not stand and stand before God and say, God, do you know that I was a good person? No. Do you know that I give my money to the poor? Do you know that I, I, I preach every Sunday? Ah, God will not look at you. I'm sorry. If that is what you are trusting to take you to heaven, get out of here. I never knew you. So that is what a lot of religious people today, they are trusting. Our churches today are filled with many religious people Thinking that they can buy their way to heaven. You can never be a child of God because of how you behave. But because of your belief. You can never be a child of God because of how you behave yourself. But based on your belief. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? It will be surprising that many religious people will be surprising. Different kind of people that they will see in heaven. And will be like, ah, I never expect this man to be in heaven now. Yeah, I, I, I was really better than, now trying to boast on the flesh. The Bible says no one will glory in the flesh in the sight of God. The only, person, the only way we can glory is to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And that is the only way we can be 100% sure. Now, the Bible says we are new creatures with divine nature. We become sons of God and we get eternal life. We've already treated that. And... I said this, 
we are redeemed. Amen? We are what? Redeemed. Now, let me ask you this. If you have ever been to Redeemed Church, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to criticize anyone. If you have ever been to Redeemed Church, they, they have a, a song that is saying that they are Redeemer. Right? Do you, do you know that? They have an anthem that is saying they are Redeemer. Huh? Yeah, they are Redeemer. Do you know that no one is a Redeemer? There is only one Redeemer. And that is Jesus Christ. A Redeemer is someone that redeems another person. The person we have, we are redeemed. We are the redeemed. Because someone redeemed us. Amen? And that is Jesus Christ. So, you know, sometimes we don't look at the Bible and we just sing out of context. But the Bible is telling us that every believer is a redeemed. You don't have to go to a redeemed church before you become redeemed. Amen? Praise God for that. I mean... We are redeemed because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one that redeemed us. Look at what the Bible says in the book of First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Look at what the Bible says here. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. The Bible says here, for as much as ye know that ye were not what redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your faint conversation received by traditions by tradition from your fathers. Look at verse 19. But with the precious blood of who? Of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without what? Spots. So how were we redeemed? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, when you go to heaven, it's not because you are a good man. No, No, the Bible says there is none righteous. No, not one. The Bible says no one is good. And the Bible says our righteousness has what? Fifty rags. But there's only one person that cleansed us, washed us, redeemed us with his blood. And that is Jesus Christ. You know how he did that? Through his blood. Amen. So I want you to understand, as Bible believers, when you stand before people and they ask you, what is their hope? Why are you 100% sure that you will go to heaven? Let me tell you something this morning. We are 100% sure that we will go to heaven, not because this man is good. Even Apostle Paul, the greatest apostle of all time, you know what he says? He said, in me dwelleth no good thing. That was what he said in the book of Romans chapter 7. When you go home, you can read it. Say, in me, that is in my flesh. Say, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Say, for to will is prayer. But how to do that which is good, I found not. But and he says something. So, Thanks be unto Jesus who has given us the victory. He even says something. Say, oh wretched man I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of flesh of sin? But thanks be unto Jesus who has given us the victory. Amen? Amen. Listen, if not because of Christ, I pity so many people today that they think because of of their religious activities that they will make heaven. You know, some people say that in the book of Matthew chapter 7. Ah, these people, whenever I read my Bible, you know, have you ever dramatized Bible when you read it? 
You know, sometimes I'm reading my Bible and I try to dramatize it. And I view these people, maybe they are in thousands, and they stand, and they came before Christ. And they were like, depart. I don't know you. And like, ah, Christ, don't you know that I'm a pastor? Don't you know that uh, I preach for you? Ah, why are you telling me to depart now? And Jesus Christ was saying, no, I never knew you. Ye that walketh in equity. You know the reason why the Bible used the word ye that walketh in equity? Because they have never placed their iniquity under the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Ye that walketh in equity. The Bible talks about every one of us, we are workers of iniquity. But when Christ saved us, he doesn't see you as a worker of iniquity anymore. He sees you as clean, as holy as Jesus Christ, as righteous. Because you are trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. You are trusting Jesus Christ to take away your sin. And he has done that. The penalty of sin has been removed because of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I mean, that doesn't eliminate the fact that we have to do good things. We are saved unto. We are to do good works. But good works never saved us. Because if good works saved us in the first place, Christ will never come and die. Amen? Amen. So, the Bible talks about we are redeemed. New ownership. We have been possessed by someone else. And that is Jesus Christ. He possesses you. I mean, you belong to him. You cannot say, ah... I, I, I'm, I'm the owner of myself. You know, I pity people that used to say they are owner of themselves. Huh? Because they, are not that, they don't know that they have been possessed by devil. If you are not possessed by Christ, you will be possessed by who? By devil. So, we need to understand this truth uh, from the word of God. And that is why we can 100% say we are sure that when we die, we go to heaven. And number five, this is another one, new one today. We are reconciled to God by the death of Christ. Amen? Amen? We are reconciled. Reconciliation. You know, reconciliation means to bring back the friendship that has been lost. For example, Brother Pius, please come, I wanted to use an example. Okay? This is Brother Pius. We used to be a great friend. Very good friend. We used to be a great, good friend. Now, Pius now, we had misunderstanding. Everyone does, Right? We have misunderstanding with our friends and we, we part. We part ways. Okay? Now, it comes to a point that we realize that we need to reconcile together. We need to come back again, right? And we can, we can now what? We can now talk and bring back the lost friendship again. Now, let's bring back to the Bible truth. In the Garden of Eden, we have lost that fellowship with God through sin. And that is why man can never get to God on his own. It is impossible. Now, there is only one thing. The Bible talks about the wages of sin is what? Death. Wages of sin is what? It's death. What we deserve as a result of our sin is to what? Is to die. But you know what Christ did? He now died in our state. In our stead, so that He can reconcile us to who? To God. So reconciliation is God bringing man back to the lost fellowship that we have with Him in the Garden of Eden. 
You know, wherever we are born, we are not born innocent. Oh. I'm not you are born innocent. Even my son is not, I mean, he, he doesn't know what is right and wrong, but he's a, sin, he's a sinner. Right? He's still a sinner. The Bible says, David said in the book of Psalm, 55, Psalm 51, verse 5, he said, Behold, I was shaping in iniquity. And in sin did my mother what? Conceive me. So, he's born in sin. He's a sinner. Okay, just like everyone else. Now, here is the point. We are reconciled to God by the death of Christ. Take your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, verse 10. Romans chapter 5, verse 10. I want us to look at what the Bible says. Romans chapter 5, verse 10. Are we there? Okay. Romans 5, 10. Look at what the Bible says. For if, when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be what? Saved by his life. Now, God is saying that, you know, we have been reconciled by the death of his son. So we can understand that reconciliation is done on behalf of others. We have been reconciled to God by the death of his son. God has removed the barrier of sin, producing peace between God and us. So the enmity has been removed. That is why we can go to God because God himself breached the gap between us and Christ. We can go. We can go Him. We can go to God because of Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. Amen. If not because of that, we will still be enemies of God. God will still look at you and say, listen, I, I, I don't know you. But because Christ has made it possible for us to be reconciled to him because of his death, we can be a friend of God. Look at what the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. Now, let's start from verse 18. Verses 18 and 19. And all things are of who? Of God. Who hath reconciled us to himself by... Now, I want to look at the word. Who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ? Now, God did something that we cannot do. Now, if we can reconcile ourselves to God, Christ will never come in the first place to reconcile us. But the Bible talks about God reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Okay? Being reconciled to, uh, by Jesus Christ. Not, I mean, okay. And has given to us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ. Now, that is why we can never understand, our finite mind can never understand the Trinity. Say, God was, God was in what? In Christ. God was in Christ. How can we separate that? Who wants to separate that? I don't know how to explain that better. But the Bible says God was in Christ, okay? 
reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So this is, the Bible is talking about God making reconciliation. So we are reconciled to God by the death of Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. Hebrews 2, 17. Are we at the Hebrews 2, 17? Wherefore, in all things it behove it behove him to be made like unto his brethren, that he may be merciful and faithful, I preached. In things pertaining to God, to make what? Reconciliation for the sins of the people. So the Bible talks about Jesus Christ being the high priest, is the one that we offer his blood, I mean, is the one that we, that offered his blood as a means of reconciliation for our sins. Just like the high priest in the Old Testament, you know what they will do? They will take the blood, Okay, of the animal, and they will go into the holy of holies to make the sacrifice for the sin of the people. Now, to reconcile with God. But the blood of animal can never wash away sin for all of eternity. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. So he is merciful and gracious, and he offered himself as a sacrifice for our sin for all of eternity. Amen. For all of eternity. And that is what it did on our behalf. Christ offered himself for our sin so that we can be reconciled to God. So reconciliation is the work of God done on our behalf so that the enmity between us and God can be breached. Amen? So what do we have when we receive Jesus Christ? We are redeemed. We are reconciled to God. And number six, we are we are all forgiven. Amen? Amen? We are what? Forgiven. We are forgiven all trespasses. Uh, there's a song that we used to sing, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? What can what? Wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. There is only one thing that can wash away our sin. That is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we need to understand. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Colossians 2, 13. If you find your place, I want you to read Colossians 2 13. Amen. Having forgiven you what? All trespasses. Praise God for that. Now, listen. I don't know, sometimes it is very difficult for us to forgive ourselves, God. You know, sometimes you do something stupid, uh, something bad, and you find it so difficult to forgive yourself. 
because of what you have done. You know, many people carry the blame, the sin of the past, what they've done in the past, and they still carry the pain along with them for many years. They find it so difficult to forgive themselves. But Christ is not like that. He saw how wicked we were. He saw how dangerous we were. He saw how dead in sin we were. But the Bible said, He quickened us. You know the word quickened means to make alive. Amen? He made us alive. And the Bible tells us that, having forgiven us all your trespasses, say, Pastor, are you sure that God is going to forgive me? Let me tell you this morning God forgives sin. Say, having forgiven us all trespasses. So anything that you might have done in the past, maybe I mean, you, you find it so difficult to even forgive yourself. But let me tell you this morning, Jesus Christ forgives. Once he forgives, he forgets. Amen? Amen. He doesn't remember. He said, as far as east is from the west, he removed our sin far from us. Now let me ask you, we have a geographer in, in our midst. Ge- ge- did I get it? GRS. Geographical information system is much of geography and stuff. Now, you have the map of the world. We have north, south. Say, this is east. Okay, east, west. All right, good. East, west. Now, is there any way east can touch west? Maybe it's possible, right? East and west, they can they can touch each other. There is no way. And Jesus Christ, I mean, God said to us, say, as far as east is from the way, he has removed our sin far away from us. That is the power of forgiveness. So Christ forgives us. That is why our sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Because of Jesus Christ, we have our sins forgiven. Look at 3.13. The same Colossians 3.13. Are we all there? They forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ, what? Forgave you, so also do ye. Amen? Amen. Even as Christ forgives you, God said, I want you to do the same thing. Let me tell you something. Do you know the reason why we, we find it so difficult to forgive others? Because we have never realized how big God forgives us. The forgiveness of God is so huge. And He really forgives everything. He doesn't even bring to His remembrance. Amen? Amen. He said, Pastor, what if I do it again? He forgives. You know, you know what He did once and for all? He forgives. Your sin will have consequences on you, but it doesn't move God. Amen? Amen. I mean, your sin will have consequences on you, but your, your sin has been forgiven by Jesus Christ. You will get the consequences of what you have done. But if you are truly in Christ, your sins have been forgiven. Amen? Amen? So we have been forgiven of our sin. Look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 28. I want us to see many Bible verses so that we can, when we go home, you can look at these verses again. Matthew 26, verse 28. Matthew 26, 28. Amen. Which is shed for what? Few. 
Abby? You know some people, they have this train of thought that Jesus Christ only died for the elected. We call them Calvinists. They say Jesus Christ only died for the elected, that he didn't die for everyone. Okay? That okay, only few people that he died for. We say, having forgiven us for the sins of who? Of many. And look at it, we say, as many as what? As received him. Okay? To then give him power to become the sons of God. So he died for the sins of the old world. Look at what the Bible says in the book of 1 John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. Are we all there? My little children, these things write I unto you that ye see not. And if any man sin, we have what? An advocate with the Father, Jesus what? The righteous. For he is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only. But also for the sins of the whole world. So the Bible tells us that, you know, he's our advocate and is a propitiation for our sin. God is satisfied with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Amen? God is what? Satisfied with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. There is no needed effort on your part. Oh, I want to put in extra effort. Okay? I want to help God. How many of us think we can help God here? You remember the Tower of Babel? And God said to the people, okay, be what? Be fruitful, be multiply, and replenish the earth. And the people started having this bad thought in their mind that, why can't we stay together? So that we don't have to be scattered. Uh, God had a plan, okay? I wanted to scatter all over the face of the earth. And they wanted to help God and say, God, Please don't let us scatter. Let's stay together. And God said, okay, you don't want to scatter. Me. Okay, go see you or no. And God confounded their language. And what we, you know what happened? They could not even understand each other. You come to Sister Esther and say, Ekushel. And he started, Ah, you my girl. He goes to another one. Ah, mo brikiwa. Ah, wala deo. And he goes to Wala Wale. And say, ah, now, and the people of the same language and they started forming. Okay, I can understand you. I can understand you. They come together. And that is, we have the birth of many nations at the Tower of Babel because people want to destroy the plan of God of replenish the earth. You know, I began to think about it. If they have never imagined that and they simply follow God, you know that we have the same language all over the world. If just simple obedience... That is why every disobedience that we children of God, it is to our own disadvantage. It doesn't move God. Do you understand me? Sometimes God asks you to abstain from this. It's for your own benefit. So if you do it, you gain the benefit. If you don't do it, it is for your own disadvantage. So I want you to understand the plan of God is we are forgiving. We shouldn't worry about it. Look at Romans chapter 4. I mean, sorry, let's look at that same John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. Look at verse 12. If you find it, I want you to read it for me. 1 John 2, 12. Amen? 
I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Now, is, we, are, we are forgiven because of him. Not because of what we are trying to do, but because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Amen? And not only that, number seven, we are 100% accepted to God because of Jesus Christ. We are accepted 100% because of Jesus Christ. We do not need to perform perfectly in order to win God's acceptance. Amen? I mean, sometimes we try to make sure we behave ourselves good so that we can win the acceptance of Christ. You don't need to perform any good thing before you win the acceptance of Christ. The Bible says we are accepted in the beloved. Amen? Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. Are we there? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. The Bible says here, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us what? Accepted in the beloved. Now, who made us accepted? Look at the Bible. The Bible says, look at verse 6 again. And let's start from verse 5. You know, if, if the question is asked like that, you can read a previous verse. Verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by who? Jesus Christ. To himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Now, who made us accepted? Jesus Christ. It's not that we're the one trying to do some things, then God will look, ah, my brother, brother Hope is, you are nice, so brother Hope, ah, you have been going to church all the, ah, I have accepted you. No, not because of that. We are accepted in the beloved because of Jesus Christ. Christ made us acceptable in the sight of God. And that is who we are. And lastly, we are saved from the penalty of sin, which is hell and lake of fire. We are saved from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin of Adam and Eve is death, but Christ has been made a curse for us. Christ has been made a curse for us. Do you know the curse of the law? What is the curse of the law? Who wants to tell me? What is the curse of the law? Death. Death is the curse of the law. Okay? And the Bible says Christ died for us. For the wages of sin is what? Death. The curse of the Lord, every, every sin in the Old Testament, if you don't do this, you die. If you don't do it, you die. If you don't do this, you die. If you don't do it, you die. It's death penalty, death penalty, death penalty, death penalty, death penalty, death penalty. But Christ came and it was made a curse for us. So that you don't have to bear the curse of the law. You don't have to bear your sin. And that is why in the book of Romans chapter, I mean Galatians chapter 3, take your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3 verse 10. Galatians 3 10. Uh, Galatians 3 10 verses, I mean Galatians 3 10 to 13. 
For, for as many as are of the works of the law are under what? The curse. For it is written, curse is everyone that continued not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live what? By them. Shall live in them. Sorry. Shall live in them. 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that angered on a tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through who? Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Faith. How do we receive the promise of the Spirit? Through faith. Amen? Listen, we have no need to fear again because Christ has made us free from the curse of the law. And that is why the work of sanctification is not what you can do by your own strength. It is done because of Christ in you. The hope of glory. So we are saved from the penalty of sin. Even though we have been saved from the presence of, I mean, from the power of sin, and one day we will be saved from the presence of sin when we are glorified. When we have glorified body. Amen? Amen. We will not have this body of sin anymore, and we receive the glorified body from Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this privilege. We thank you for the time that we have together as believers uh, to look at some of the precious things that you've given us. Uh, Father, we pray, oh Lord, that we continue to help every one of us to, uh, to stand and, and stand up for the truth and stand up for the word of God. Father, we pray, oh Lord, that you continue to strengthen us to live our life to your glory. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.